good morning, friends. As people are still coming in, we're going we're gonna to start singing and worshiping the Lord this morning. So feel free to stand with us. Join with us in praise, for God is good.
worthy of our praise. We recognize you as the way, the truth, and the life, the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray and worship. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to invite Tyler Ellison, our communications and connections director, and he's going to just fill us in on what is happening in the life of the church. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. So great to be with you on another wonderful Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Tyler, as Austin said. I'm the communications director here at San Diego First Church. And uh, just excited to spend the morning worshiping together. Um, as he mentioned, I just want to let you guys know about a few things happening right now in the life of our church. But first of all, as usual, if you have a bulletin or the QR code will also be up here on the screen, you can go ahead and take out your smartphone, open the camera app, and hover it over that QR code. That'll take you to a brief online form that you can use for our digital check-in. This is a great place to leave your name, your contact information if you have any updates uh, for our system, and also any prayer requests or other info that you want us to know as your church staff. We review, we review this every week in our staff meetings and just an easy way for you to communicate with us and as also make sure that you're on our weekly mailing list. Uh, those emails go out every Friday afternoon, so if you leave your email on this form, we'll make sure that you're uh, in our system for that as well. Uh, if you were here last Sunday, you know that we just began the process of this year's church board elections. So our in-person ballots were available last Sunday. The online voting does close today. So if you're a church member, you received an online, online link to your ballot in your email. Uh, if you haven't had the chance to fill that out yet, make sure you do that today. I believe voting closes at noon today. Uh, so go ahead, go back in your email, find that link if you haven't had the chance to vote yet. You can do that. Um, if you didn't receive a link to a ballot and you believe you're a church member and would like to vote, please find me or Pastor D after the service today. We'll make sure to get you, uh, get you settled. So make sure you're voting in that board election before noon today. Uh, we also have VBS coming up this July, uh, still open to volunteers, I'm sure. It takes a lot of people to run this uh, big outreach event that we do every summer. Um, so if you're interested in volunteering to help make VBS happen, please see Jordan or Rihanna, or you can send them an email as well. Um, and I believe registration for kids for VBS is open now as well. So if you have kids or you know of anybody that has kids that are interested in coming and being a part of our VBS sports camp, uh, that third or fourth week of, fourth week of July, um, make sure you sign them up and we'd love to have them there and be a part of that. And then also happening right now this weekend over on campus next door at PLNU is Elevate, which is an annual gathering of Nazarene teens from uh, kind of all over the West Coast, parts of Nevada, New Mexico, Hawaii. Um, and so this is a huge gathering that takes place every year. We have like 20-something teens along with some youth staff there this weekend. And uh, just would really appreciate your prayers uh, for the teens and the leaders as they wrap up the weekend, head home Monday morning, and just enjoy the rest of the time that they have together to worship and uh, have fellowship and friendly competition. Speaking of friendly competition, they did reach the third place finals of dodgeball last night. Very intense out of 20-something teams. Uh, so just super fun for our teens to be a part of that Elevate weekend happening uh, right now. And then I have a little bit of personal update. If you look at the screen, this is my wonderful partner, Veronica. And uh, about a year and a half, or in like February of last year, uh, Dee 
provided an update. We had become engaged. As of a week from today, we will be married, happening next Sunday. Uh, so just, just so you guys know when I'm not here next Sunday. Um, and we just wanted to say, uh, Veronica, she works another job at a different church in San Diego on Sunday morning, so she's not off, uh, able to be here as often as she would like. But we just want to express our gratitude for this church family uh, that we know supports us, whether you've had the chance to meet her or not, and are grateful for your prayers as we experience all of the anxiety, stress, but also all the joy uh, leading up to our celebration a week from today. So super grateful. For, for all of you, our church family. This is the time of our service where we have the opportunity to turn, greet our neighbor, and pass the peace of Christ to one another. So I invite you to go ahead and stand and do so. Go ahead and say those last hellos, talk to you later, find your way back to your seat. This time I'm going to invite my friend Liliana up as she uh, reads part of our preparation for worship this morning. Good morning, buenos dias. My name is Liliana Reza and our scripture this morning comes from Psalm 104, verses 24 to 34. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is filled full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, things, living things both large and small. There are the ships. There the ships go to and fro, which formed in the frolic there. All the creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. 
May the meditation be pleasing, may my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the word. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Liana. Let's stand together. I'll be honest with you, this morning as I come into church, I'm coming in sunburnt, I'm coming in with a lost voice, but I'm coming with a grateful heart for the ways in which I can see the way that God is moving amongst our teens at this event, and being able to come here every Sunday morning and to see all of you come, it's another reminder of the, of the faithfulness of Christ as we can come together and we can notice the beauty that is around us in each other. And even on a gloomy San Diego day, it is still beautiful when we are able to see God's beauty in nature. And so this day, I'd like to inspire your worship and your praise so that you would come forward in whatever place you're in and to be thankful for the things that maybe we aren't thankful for enough. Let's sing. How can I keep from singing your praise? How could I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your praise? I know I am loved by the King. And it makes my heart want to see. Come before the Lord with grateful hearts this morning. Lift your voice and sing. How can I keep? How can I keep from singing your praise? How could I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your praise? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. We join with all creation and worship of our Creator our redeemer of life let's sing in the sunrise of your love for us we're awakened by your smile and i remember you are all I can hear you call me child singing oh this is the day the day our God has made rejoice and be glad in it oh this is the day the day
Let us be mindful of the creator that formed us and made us. Let's sing. Sing in all. This is the day, the day our God has made. Rejoice and be glad in it all. Come on. This is the day, the day. Could I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? Oh, how can I keep from shouting your praise? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to Let's give praise to God with the clapping of our hands for the day that the Lord has blessed us with. Amen. You may be seated. I want to invite you into this prayer that has been a part of my weekly devotion to God. A time for us to be authentic and open ourselves to God for what God has for us. So would you pray this prayer with me? Holy God, we open our hearts to you this day and we offer the truth of our lives, the fear that stifles us, the prejudice that hinders our ability to love, the ignorance that keeps us from embracing others like you do. Help us, we pray, that we will find courage in unlikely spaces Encounter the world with boundless grace. Move to those places where love is needed and have faith that you are with us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Spirit, would you move amongst us? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me spirit of the living god fall afresh on me melt me Lord, 
show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me we sing you're worthy you're worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you, King Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save you worthy you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you oh we live for you holy holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show together, offering our lives to Christ, that we may follow Christ's ways with the love that we give to one another. Oh, lead us, Lord, in your love. Sing, I will build. And I will build my life upon your love. Open up my eyes in wonder, 
That's our prayer for us, and especially that is our prayer for our children, that our children may be shown the life and the light of Christ and the love of Christ, so that they may be led to love one another and each other. Would you join us as we dismiss our children with this prayer from Philippians? Let us say it together. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. May you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. See you later, kids. Yes. You may be seated. risk of repeating myself. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Praise Band. Let me turn this on. <laughs> My name is Dee, and uh, it's a privilege to be with you this morning, and I want to say thank you for pushing past whatever obstacles might have been thrown your way on Rosecrans or on some driving effort up here. This is the group that knows how to navigate Point Loma, so thank you for doing that. It's great to have you here. I would like to invite us into a time of prayer. We've had some beautiful written prayers for us through the course of this morning. And sometimes written prayers of others help us to um, capture something about ourselves that we didn't think of until we had a chance to pray along with someone else. Praying scripture is a wonderful way by which to allow God's word to seep into our hearts and to use it in prayer and to allow the praying of the word to um, imprint on us how God is working. Sometimes it's just extemporaneous praying that we often do, maybe you're most familiar with, trying to listen to how the spirit prompts us, the things that are on our heart, our praises, our concerns, our hurts, our desires for God's intervention. There's a, a, another um, type of prayer that we have referenced periodically, but not very often, called breath prayers. It's a practice, a discipline um, that is just a way by which 
to allow our prayers to connect us to our breathing and our breathing to our spirit. There is a connection between our breath and God's breath. God's spirit is sometimes referenced as the breath of God. And in the creation hymn at the beginning of the Old Testament, we have that God breathed into that which he had formed, and there was life. And so sometimes breath prayers enable us to connect to our breathing and to be reminded of God's breath sustaining us spiritually as God's gift of breath sustains us biologically and allow that to help us to get into a rhythm of thinking of God all the time. There's a way by which this is suggested we do that, and that is that there's a phrase that you say as you breathe in and a phrase that you say as you breathe out. There are a number that I think we're going to put up on the screen here that are possibilities. Um, An example is simply, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Now, I will say ahead of time, in case this throws you off, that if you actually try to say words out loud as you're breathing in, it has a really strange feel to it. Lord, here I am. That's kind of unusual and distracting. It's probably far more appropriate to just let that be your thought as you breathe in and your thought as you breathe out. Another possibility. King Jesus, may your kingdom come. King Jesus, may your kingdom come. Or eternal light, guide me. I have a person, an author that I've read often, and I've mentioned his breath prayer, that I've heard him in moments of solitude. Abba, I belong to you. Abba, I belong to you. I recognize that there is, within the context of Jesus' teaching on prayer, to avoid vain repetition. And I just want to acknowledge that, but the reference there seems to be not so much to the ways in which we affirm our faithfulness, but our petitions, thinking that God can't hear our petitions. Here we are trying to center ourselves around a value that forms our life, the kingdom of God coming, trust in our creator, A phrase for you may be different than these. O Lord, hold me steady. O Lord, keep me faithful. O Lord, watch over me. I'm going to invite us into a few moments where I'll just be silent. If there's one here that resonates for you, try it. If there's a phrase that is important to you in this part of your spiritual journey. Maybe use that instead. I'll offer a few prayers and then we'll close in the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray together.
Oh, Lord, we belong to you. Oh, Lord, we belong to you. Oh, Lord, we belong to you. We are yours. You are ours. You've invited us into this eternal relationship. Invited us to walk the path with you. To notice your footsteps. To feel your embrace. To let the breath of wind that flows past our face to remind us that you're ever present. Your love surrounds us as you empower us to put our trust in you. For, oh Lord, we belong to you. You call us by name. You invite us into the next step of the unknown. You invite us to look upon your face and trust you with all the rest. For, oh Lord, we belong to you. And so we pray. As you taught your disciples, a prayer that seems to unite us, invites us into that which draws us together, not that which separates us. And so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I hope that maybe sometime this week, you might weave that practice into your faith journey and see if it helps to gather your thoughts around those values and principles that are essential to life itself. We are, as was mentioned earlier, in the midst of Elevate, a wonderful gathering of, I don't know what it is, 1,500 teens and workers. It's just crazy to see all of those teens and all of the hormones that go with that. <laughs> Worship in our facilities, athletic events. It's so nice that we get to use our facilities for such wonderful things. This afternoon at about 2.30, they're going to invade this space and uh, have one of their tournaments to wrap up um, Elevate, or at least that portion of Elevate. Always grateful for those who can help to transform this room also want you to know to not feel obligated. There are plenty of people who do help. Um, but I just want to say thanks to all of you who make this place possible so that we can provide it for these kinds of things that go beyond just a normal Sunday morning worship service. But here, this Sunday, we are continuing in our lectionary series. And I want to Acknowledge right up front that it's going to feel like, wow, that is a long introduction. Are we ever going to get to whatever the text is this morning? And I might suggest that this morning, most of the message is in the introduction. 
So instead of checking out, follow along, as I try and set up where we are, for those of you who are guests this morning, thank you for being here. I don't know how you found us, but I hope you find us again and again, and that we might be a home for you or a home away from home. We are for uh, these three years, and have been long before that, but in a very intentional following of three years of scripture readings that take us through all of scripture, most all of scripture, into some wonderful key passages of our Christian faith. We are just starting the third quarter of the first year. So we just finished one-sixth of this journey. As we enter into this third quarter, we have the next edition of the Living Lectionary, the companion guide. It's at the back at several tables with a bright green cover on it that takes you through the summer months of June, July, and August, including this particular week in May. And I hope that's helpful to you. It's simply intended to be like a companion guide, maybe like a road map if you're on a trail or a journey. I, I love just exploring things without knowing all of the details, but I will have to say there are many, many times where I've seen an article or a friend of mine sent me uh, something that identified a wonderful spot, an amazing lookout, a piece of a trail, and he'll often add the comment, and we were there, just didn't know it. Like, we were in the area on a similar pathway or place, and because we didn't look at a trail guide or a map that picked out some things you might not want to miss, I missed it. That's all the Living Lectionary Guide is. It's like a map that says, hey, here's a pathway you might want to look at. Along with that, we have two podcasts we do a week. One is First Impressions, that is leaning into the coming sermon message. So it takes place before Sunday. And one that follows that tries to connect the sermon text with the three other texts from each week um, that come with the lectionary. So if those are helpful to you, I hope you will tap into them. The lectionary reason, one of the reasons we follow it, there are many, but is that it helps us to see the story that is told by the Christian calendar. And the lectionary follows that calendar, or it helps highlight those portions of our year that tell the story of our faith. So, in the spring, we had a season that speaks to our faith journey. It's called the season of Lent. It extends from Ash Wednesday through Good Friday, and it teaches us about this anticipation and struggle of the disciples, maybe our struggle as well, as we move toward the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus. That gives way to the Easter season, the season that begins with a resurrection celebration on Easter Sunday morning, and extends through this Sunday, the Easter season. 
this Sunday being Pentecost. Thank you, an applause for Pentecost. I like that. That speaks to how enthusiastic we ought to be about this Easter season. It corresponds, interestingly, but not surprisingly, with the Jewish tradition, the Old Testament telling of story of the Jewish people. And so we have this season of um, Lent that we talked about that culminates with the Passover. And the Passover is what took place when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and they took the sacrifice and what came from the sacrifice and put it on the edge of the door so that the angel of death would pass over and this was what resulted in the escape, the um, movement out of slavery into freedom. Movement toward the promised land. That time of Passover, which is when that Passover feast was taking place, that Jesus was crucified, we then move 50 days to what in Jewish tradition would be called Shabbat, the festival of weeks. And this is the time span that was believed took place from the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt to the giving of the law to Moses. And so Shabbat is about celebrating the law. There is this weekend festivities that take place, and part of it is simply the reading of the commandments. In this same sequence, we have Jesus who fulfills the law, and then we have at Pentecost the celebration of the giving of the Holy Spirit, 50 days. Amazing how these parallel one another. It is a recognition that Jesus has fulfilled the law and now the Spirit comes and the law has been written on our hearts and on our minds. It's changed from this external thing, impossible to keep and and highlights the sinfulness of all of us to what Christ has done on behalf of all of us in forgiving sin and inviting us into the freedom that comes with living into the Spirit. So we have, in this Old Testament movement, a telling of a story that we get to tell through our calendar. And so this morning we come to Numbers. Numbers chapter 11. Numbers is an interesting book. I'm I'm not sure that was actually accurate. (laughs) There are things that we might find interesting about Numbers. Let me put it that way. Um, It's not used very often in the lectionary. Only about uh, four or five dates where Numbers comes up. It's a book where a lot of counting takes place, a lot of numbers. 
We number the tribes, we number the offerings, we count um, how many are encamped around the tent, we um, look at descendants, and you know, it's, for me, it reminds me of an old business adage or organizational adage, we value what we count. And it seems like there is value placed on the things that are being counted. We want to know. How many in this tribe? How many people are doing this? How many numbers of things we're supposed to refer to in terms of our sacrifices, these the Israelite people, as they recount the things that take place? There are some things we value very highly, but are hard to put into metrics. Organizationally, sometimes we try and do that. We try and figure out what the metric is that corresponds to how people are loved. So do we count the number of compassionate ministry moments or how much has been given to certain causes or whatever the case might be? We do try and enumerate those kinds of things. Some things seem to almost defy measurement. It's more like stepping into it and surrendering ourselves to something we value. Give of ourself, knowing that it may be impossible to measure. But numbers, we have a lot of measurements. We also have a lot of repetition. There are a lot of things in numbers that repeat things that have been written before. Which reminds me of another adage, and that is, we repeat the stories that form us. And this is so true of Scripture. This passage corresponds to Exodus 16. We already know this story if we're reading through the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. But it does give some nuances that we may not have known. It might send us down a pathway that is um, not previously considered when we heard the story told by someone else. Kind of like the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We'll hear the same story told a number of ways kind of a different perspective or in a different way unfolding. Here we have in Numbers the retelling of a story that we've already heard in Exodus. This is a repeat through all of this of the story of receiving the law and the unfolding of the law and how it came about. I had the great joy this weekend to attend um, two weddings I'm not sure I could have observed two more different weddings than these two weddings. Dramatic contrasts in terms of presentation and elements. But I will say this. They were profoundly reflective of the two people getting married. Great fit. Both of them so beautiful. But, oh my goodness, so different. You can imagine, as part of my vocation, I've attended a lot of weddings and participated in performing a number of the weddings. Such an honor to do those kinds of things, be part of those moments. Very, very sacred. And I have seen a lot of variety. One of the things that I have noticed, particularly as it relates to this, is that one of the few common things 
of all weddings, is there a point in time where both people express their commitment in terms of, they may not use the word, but like a covenant. Here's my promise. Here's how I'm committed to you. It is a recognition of all they bring to the moment, but what makes it particularly powerful is it includes all of the things that I don't yet know. I'm committing into the future about a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know is going to come or how you're going to age or how our relationship is going to ferment over time. But I'm committed to go through all of that with you. The Jewish people, many within that faith tradition, view the giving of the law as the marriage ceremony between God and the Jewish people. God's covenant and promise and the response of the people in covenant and promise. This future that we don't know I want to respond in trust to the love that comes through this covenant. Well, here we have in Numbers chapter 11, one of those moments that I'm not sure the people realized was going to come. Let's look at it. Numbers chapter 11. I think it's going to be up here for you. Yeah. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. I probably need to pause. We didn't get very far with that. (laughs) But you don't know what the people had said, so how can you live in this verse without knowing what's been said? They're out in the desert now. They've been out here for a while. And it starts probably on the edges of the camp, with a few that are often disgruntled anyway, is my guess, and start circulating their wonderful attitude and spirit among the others, and start stirring up the complaints. The complaints of, you know, do you remember when we were back in Egypt? The food we had was really, really good. And it listed at the beginning of this chapter in 11. It talks about the meat that they had. It talks about the melons, the berries, the fruit, the veggies. It just was, whether it was actually true or not, they just listed this virtual smorgasbord of food that they had, even though they were in slavery. Somehow we're missing the part in this rendition about we were in slavery. But talking about the one thing that they can compare and complain about And it's, we just never seem to have either enough food or really what we're saying is the type of food. I really like my Snickers bars and there just aren't any out here in the desert is kind of the tone of this. And so Moses is the recipient of all of the murmuring, grumbling, and muttering. And he goes to God, and he says, God, 
I am grateful that I can be a foster father. That's like the literal translation of the language he uses. I'm grateful to be a foster father. But sometimes this is hard. It's basically saying to God, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to stop the murmuring, grumbling, and muttering. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. Oh, so the Lord says, <laughs> Is my arm too short to provide? Can't I take care of everything you need? Do you not trust that I am fully able? This covenant we have, have in such a short amount of time, you stopped trusting. Oh, but watch what I'll do. Okay, now we're ready to read on. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. Then he brought together 70 of their elders, and he had them stand around the tent. This is the tent of meeting, not just any random tent. This is where the Spirit of God resides in the midst of the encampment. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him, Moses, and he put it on the 70 elders. I didn't even know what that looks like. Spirit comes down on Moses, and then he takes some of it. I don't know where it is, but then distributes it to the 70 elders who have gathered. Reminiscent of what happens as the disciples, the followers of Jesus, tarried waiting on what was to take place after Jesus ascends and they've gathered together at the time period of the festival of weeks. And in this moment, God's spirit descends like a fire from heaven. Wind begins to fill the place or the sound of a rushing mighty wind I'm, I'm not sure that it actually felt windy in the room. I don't know, but it just seemed like that there. And the Spirit of God descended and lighted upon each of them. Acts chapter 2. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp, they were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Hey, I'm not sure hey is in there, but <laughs> Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. Shut it down quickly. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. I was a teenager, and I 
worked up the courage to ask out the woman who would eventually be willing to marry me in a covenant marriage ceremony. This, I think, was our, um, maybe our third date. And I um, was wanting to take her to my grandmother's place on the lake that I've referenced many times. And I was pulling behind my dad's station wagon, which is, you know, such a great vehicle to take a girl a date on. <laughs> but it's the one that had the trailer hitch that had uh, a small boat, a tabour, um, on the back end. And um, we're going to go and spend a little bit of time on the water. And um, we're driving on I-94 on the south side of um, Michigan kind of parallels the lower borderline of Michigan. And we are driving along, and um, I think I've referenced this one other time. The, as we're driving, conversation is going well, and I'm trying to make sure that I'm paying attention to the trailer behind, not doing anything foolish. And I noticed that a semi-truck had passed us, slowed down, passed us, slowed down, and I thought, this, I don't understand what's going on. And then a little light switch inside of me triggered on. And I just had determined that that truck driver was eyeing my new girlfriend <laughs> on the other side of the station wagon seat here. It just kicked in. I know I didn't say anything to her, of course. But I'm, I'm just getting ticked. I was just really ticked. And I said, well, he's not going to pass me again. So he starts speeding up. And I go, oh, yeah, buddy, no, this is not happening. And I speed up. I'm in station wagon. It was, you know, vehicle that had a pretty good-sized engine in it. Did have a trailer on the back. But you really shouldn't go that fast with a trailer on the back. We're coming up on the... Jackson Junction, near Jackson, Michigan. We weren't quite there yet, but there was a moment where I thought, okay, this is foolish. I shouldn't be going this fast. Oh, actually, it's okay. I will let him pass me. He can't see her, and I'll just never pass him again, no matter how slow I have to go. That's my very jealous solution on this one. He passes me, gets in front of me, and um, fortunately, I'm able to slow down a little bit to something that was more manageable. He slows down a bit, but I said, oh, no, 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 we're not playing this game again. Slows down a little bit further, but not nearly enough, because at the Jackson Junction, there is this underpass that then curves to the right and it's basically a blind spot. You can't see up ahead very well. Unbeknownst to us, on the other side of this bridge was traffic that had come to a stop. And he sees it as soon as he gets under the bridge and sees brake lights ahead. He puts on the brakes. I'm too close. And I put on the brakes. And I've got a trailer behind me, 
And I don't know how I know this as a teenager, but I was smart enough to know that I had to pump the brakes to make sure that didn't start swinging on me. So I'm pumping, not happening fast enough, and I'm getting closer and closer. I can see the metal rails just right in front of me behind his semi. And at the moment, I didn't know what took place, but all of a sudden his brake lights went off. And it was like he gave up stopping the thing. I don't know if he thought he was going to jackknife, but he hits the back end of that stopped traffic and just cars started shooting on either side of him. And I still had not slowed down enough. I'm right behind him going through those cars, never hit anything, never hit him. He drove about a quarter mile up ahead, pulled off to the side, we pulled off to the side immediately and jumped out, tried to help some people get out of their vehicles. I don't know how this occurred, but just minor injuries. Um, police came, took our uh, statement. Um, I, I remember trying to avoid expressing how my jealousy got me into that place. <laughs> After it was over, he asked Kay for her statement and Kay's response was, uh, it was just like he said. And he said, but I'd love to hear your rendition. She said, my rendition isn't anything different. It's just like he said. Finally, the officer gave up. We got in the car and left. I said, why didn't you give him your side of the story? She said, as soon as the truck brake lights came on, I shut my eyes and I didn't open them until we pulled off to the side of the road. <laughs> Now, far too long of a story to say that I've never forgotten a, a, a lesson of the trouble that jealousy can get you into, how it can blind you from doing the smart thing, the right thing, the good thing, how I can read into things that probably weren't even on the trucker's mind now that I look back on it. This particular passage, it's interesting. It's not all about jealousy, of course. But that piece jumps off the page to me because of the particular moment where Joshua says, stop it, tell them to be quiet. They weren't around the tent. They weren't there to get what we got. Moses, in profound wisdom, says, oh, I wish God's Spirit would descend on everyone. Not just me, not just 70, everyone. Which is ultimately the promise, my Spirit is for all. My jealousy leads me to a place where I'm hesitant to listen to the powerful words of someone who I can't imagine is close enough to God to say something profound that I had to listen to. How arrogant of me. God will speak through whomever God chooses to speak through and has proved it over and over again. They don't have to be followers as we define followers. 
Throughout Scripture, God sends God's message however God chooses. Thanks be to God. Because if I was in charge, how few people would hear the good news? I am ashamed to say. But thanks be to God that God's Spirit works when I'm not smart enough to recognize God at work. I mean, we have this great story in the Old Testament where God speaks through a donkey. If that shouldn't open up my eyes, and also give me hope that maybe even sometime God could speak through me, but never assume that that's the case. One of my breath prayers, Lord, help me to listen. The offshoot of that is, when it's coming from some place that I wouldn't normally recognize your voice, help me to hear the truth. If I need to let go of that which is chaff, that's fine, but help me to hear the truth. Help me to honor your word through others. Help me to see the good news comes through in all of the most unusual ways. Help me to see the miracle in your creation. The powerful genetics of a four-leaf clover and go, okay, through a donkey, through a four-leaf clover, you keep reminding me over and over again when I see the sunrise, the sunset, when, when the rain catches me by surprise, oh God, let me be reminded. You've invited me into the baptism of faith that reminds me of the resurrection of life. Because it's everywhere. And Moses teaches us, oh, please no. This isn't anything to hoard. <laughs> this is to give away. To give away the good news. To give away grace. To give away the spirit of goodness and forgiveness. To give away love. To give away resources in abundance, with extravagance, because God is a God of extravagant goodness. Watch as I send the quail your way. Watch as the manna falls from the heavens. Watch as I provide a promised land and take you out of slavery and give you a taste of what freedom really is. Watch as I pour out my spirit on a group that feels oppressed and is wondering how the kingdom of heaven is going to come. It's going to come in a way that I'll hear it in my own language, in my own way, in my own style, through my own life. You'll meet us right where we're at, God. I don't have to get myself fixed up like this other person that looks really, really holy. You're going to meet me right here, right now where I am. The good news, it's yours and that's the message of Pentecost. The Spirit of God poured out. It's not all on Moses. And Moses isn't frustrated by that. <laughs> Moses says, oh yeah. This is my breath prayer. Everybody partake. Everybody participate. Everybody called to be a part. To use your giftedness, your graces, your ability to love your unique way, 
to let it not only pour out on you, but as I say over and over again, let it pour through you. Because without you, we're incomplete. And Pentecost says, you and me with the Spirit, that's the good news. That's the covenant fulfilled by God and the invitation for us to live into it with all we are, all we have, all of us. This is reason to feast. This is Shabbat. This is the giving of the law written on our hearts and our minds where we live out what the Spirit is etching on us. And we already know what has been etched on our hearts. It's the image of God. Now let's let it come out. The invitation in prayer is an invitation that you might receive God's Spirit in its fullness and that you might feel that you are whole and holy in God. As the band comes, let me lead us in prayer. Oh, Lord, what a story. What a story that's told through Scripture, through our calendar. May it be a story that's told through our very life. May we live out this Pentecost, this Feast of Weeks, this infilling of the Holy Spirit. For Lord, we can't do it on our own. And when your Spirit begins to fill us and work into the corners of our life, it's truly resurrection. Push away jealousy, push away envy, push away covetousness, push away murder spirit in us, push away all the selfishness except for that desire to have more and more of you. Help us to learn from one another, grow from one another. Help us to celebrate others' successes and hold others' disappointments. Invite us into this covenant where our spirit is married with your spirit and our response to your promise is to promise as well, Lord, with your power, In your grace, we will do all we can to show our love to you and to others. So help us to breathe in your love and breathe out your goodness. Breathe in your grace. Breathe out compassion. Breathe in your holiness. And breathe out our trust in you. For you are ours and we are yours, O Lord. Amen.
together this day, devote our lives to the Spirit of God that is moving amongst us. May we have the senses to be aware of your presence, Lord, and aware of the, way, and aware of the ways in which you're calling us. Sing, heal my heart. Heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Oh, break my heart, Lord. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am. Your kingdom's cause. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Holy Spirit, would you heal our hearts? Heal my heart and make it clear. Open up our eyes. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Oh, show me how to love like you have loved me, Lord. 
heart for what breaks your Everything I am, oh, everything I am for your kingdom's cause. Show me how to love like you have loved me. We give our lives to you, Lord. As we remember the way in which the Spirit of God first dwelt amongst the people that we see in the book of Acts, let us continue that tradition as we today embrace the Holy Spirit in our church, in our space. Let us take a moment to embrace the Spirit of God. Let us sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. Sing it again. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. May God's Spirit fill you. It's free for you. May God's Spirit flow through you. May you push away all those things that keep you from celebrating others. All those things that keep you from honoring others' journey. All those things that divide. And may we be united in the Spirit of the living God. Be the good news this week. Be the good news. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.